Welcome to Pocketry Presents, the podcast for emerging and aspiring poets. I'm Indrani Pereira, the founder of Pocketry, the home of unheard voices. I'm coming to you from the lands and waterways of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I acknowledge their elders past, present and emerging. I acknowledge that this is stolen land and that sovereignty has never been ceded. Pocketry Presents, a practical guide to getting published. There are unwritten rules for most things in life, and getting your poetry published in literary journals is no exception. If you want to learn more about these unwritten rules and get your work published, keep listening. The problem with being a writer is that you rarely get feedback from a publisher unless they want to publish your work, so an unpublished poet can spend years in a negative feedback loop, wondering why on earth they aren't being successful. At some point, many poets simply give up. If this is you, and you think it may be easy to just quit while you still have some ego left, take heart. Pocketry is here to help. I'm going to break things down for you and give you some easy, actionable steps you can take to improve your chances of getting published. This episode of Pocketry Presents will look at how to prepare a submission for a literary journal. We'll cover targeting specific journals, writing to a theme, submission guidelines, choosing your best poems, formatting your submission, feedback and dealing with rejection. To succeed in becoming a published poet or author, you will need a healthy dose of determination vast quantities of stubbornness and the height of a rhino. If you're the kind of person who can keep on going in the face of overwhelming rejection, then you're in with a chance. If you're not, don't fear. We're going to look at ways you can trick your brain into thinking rejection is actually okay. So, you've written an amazing poem. It's as good as you can make it at this point in time, and you want to share it with the world. But how do you know where to send it? Poetry is mainly published in literary journals, anthologies, which are collections of poems by many different poets, usually on a specific topic such as nature, and collections or chapbooks, which are lots of poems by a single poet. You can also find poetry in some newspapers. In this episode, we're going to focus on sending your work off to journals for publication. There are loads of literary journals in Australia and overseas who publish poetry. You can find print journals as well as online publications. Some of these journals are well-established and highly regarded, and others are newer and more experimental. Some of them will pay you in cash or books or subscriptions. Some will just publish you and give you the glory of being able to say that you're a published poet and you can then add that publication to your biography. A note on money and being paid out of all the genres of writing, poetry is possibly the least lucrative one you could choose. Most of the best-known poets seem to pair their poetry writing career with teaching creative writing. I don't know any poets who are earning a full-time living from writing poetry. So, if you're in this for the money, would highly recommend you go get a job in the finance sector instead, or at the very least start writing blockbuster novels. You know, the kind that gets sold in airports. Okay, back to getting published. The best place to start is to find the places that are publishing poetry and read what is currently being accepted. It will give you a good idea of the standard that is being published. Reading poetry by other poets are the bonus side effects of providing inspiration, giving you ideas and improving your own poetry. We can't help but be inspired and also possibly become a little envious of other poets when we read their work. Like anything, poetry has its fashions and each journal has its own unique flavour. Your job as a poet is to match your poems with a journal that will want to publish your work. To do that, it's a good idea to read the journals that you want to submit to. The best way to check out print journals is to go to your local library and borrow a whole stack of literary journals. Some good places to start are Australian Poetry Journal, Griffith Review, Ireland, Meangin, Quadrant, Rabbit, Overland, Victorian Writer, Voiceworks and Westerly. As well as these journals, there are international journals like Blue Nib Literary Magazine, New Yorker and the Times Literary Supplement. 
If your library doesn't stock them, ask your friendly librarian to get them in. Chances are you're not the only one who'd like to read that particular journal. There are also a stack of Australian online journals such as Cordite, Meniscus, Not Very Quiet, Plumbled Mountain and Peril, where you can read poems for free. Yes, that's right, for free. Then there are specialised journals such as Echidna Tracks, which only publishes haiku. Finally, there are some newer print journals such as Anico Press, Curiosa and More Than Melanin. Oh, and of course, not forgetting the wonderful Poetry Almanac. Once you've had a look at the journals that are currently publishing poetry and read some of the poems and poets that they have published recently, make a list of the journals you'd like to send your poems to. When you first start out, it can be tempting to send your stuff off everywhere willy-nilly to anyone, but I highly recommend taking a step back and looking at each publication to see if it's your kind of place. Do you like what they are publishing? Do you agree with their views on controversial topics? Would you be proud to say your poetry is in such and such a magazine? Make a list of five to ten journals that you want to send your poetry to. Choose some journals that are a good fit for your poetry as well as some that you admire and aspire to be in. Aim high, I always say. The thing about submitting your work to journals, but especially journals that may be a little above your current standard of writing, is it will push your poetry and improve your craft. Knowing where to send your poems can be quite tricky, but don't worry, over time you'll develop a sense of which journal is right for a particular poem. But at the start, it's mostly gut, instinct and guesswork. Kate Clanchy in her book How to Grow Your Own Poem talks about poetry being a conversation that anyone can join. You can join in on the poetry conversation by reading other poets' work and subscribing to literary journals. Those journals need readers and subscribers to survive. By subscribing to them, you're ensuring their continued existence and adding to literary landscape. On a more basic level, if you're not willing to support the journals publishing poetry, why should they be willing to publish you? On to open calls and submitting. Journals will open at set times throughout the year. Some journals will have their submission dates on their websites ahead of time and others will add the information throughout the year. If you are keen on getting your poetry into a particular journal, sign up for their newsletter, if they have one, so you can find out when they are open. Otherwise, make sure to check their website often. The good news for emerging poets with limited funds is that it doesn't cost any money to submit your work to a journal. Every poet has a voice and the more your voice is heard by editors, the more familiar it will become. If you can submit your poetry to a journal every time it is open, the editors will begin to know your style and your voice. And if you are consistently sending in work of a high calibre, eventually you will get published. Like all good things though, it takes time. It took me two and a half years of sending in my poems before I first got published in a literary journal. Choose a couple of journals that you want to target and start sending them your work every time they are open for submissions. If you are super serious about being published, I recommend subscribing to Australian Poetry as they send out a fabulous newsletter for subscribers listing opportunities for poets. It's well worth the money. But hey, I understand money can be tight, in which case I would recommend signing up to the free Poets Express email newsletter, which I send out each month over on www.indraniprera.com. In it, I have a section called Poets Corner, where I round up a bunch of poetry and publishing opportunities for the month. When a journal opens for submissions that may or may not have a theme, such as resilience, repertage, game or generosity, to mention a few themes from recent Australian journals. When this is the case, go through all your current poems and set aside any you think may fit the theme. If you don't have a poem that fits the theme, view the theme as a prompt and write a poem especially for the journal. Themes can be a great way to create new poems and write about something you've never written about before. If a journal doesn't have a theme, then you have a little more freedom to send in your best poems. But you still want to think carefully about which poems you are sending in and how they'll read together as a whole submission. Most often you'll be asked to send in up to three poems for literary journals open call. You want to showcase your range and provide a cohesive representation of your work. You may decide to send in poems around a certain emotion such as grief, 
you may decide to group them by subjects such as sending in political pieces or ones on the environment. Within these groupings, you could choose to send in a variety of different forms such as free verse, haiku and sonnet. If the open call has no theme, you may want to choose one for yourself and send in poems around the theme of identity. This can be helpful especially if the journal asks you to provide a title for your submission, which they sometimes do. In the beginning, you may only have a handful of poems that you feel you can share with someone else. It's agonising sending off these precious pearls to editors and then waiting to hear if you've been accepted or rejected, but more on that later. Over time, you'll find that you've written more and more poems that are ready to send into journals. Create your own poetry bank by going through your poems and setting aside the ones that you think are the best. Type them up and have them ready to go. Typically, you'll be sending in your poems in one electronic document, although sometimes they will have to be sent in separate documents. A lot of literary journals use an online platform called Submittable to manage their submissions. It's free to set up an account and it doesn't cost anything to use. It's also a great tool to track all the journals who have received your poetry. You can view your submissions and easily see which ones are active, accepted or declined. For all your active submissions, it lists their status, received in progress, accepted or declined. You can also search Submittable for any opportunities coming up. Most journals will have a thing called submission guidelines. It's here that they lay out how they want you to send in your poems. Some journals have very detailed guidelines and others will give you the bare minimum. Typically, you'll be asked to put your poetry in an electronic file and then submit it either through Submittable or by email. On the submission guidelines page, you'll find details about simultaneous submissions and previously published material. Most of the time, the poems you send in will need to have been previously unpublished elsewhere. That's because journals need to have exciting new and original content for their subscribers to read. They publish the same things as everyone else. No one is going to want to buy or read their journal. You'll also not be able to send in a poem to more than one journal at a time. That's to say the editor the headache of choosing a bunch of poems that they now can't publish because they were accepted somewhere else first. The editor then has to madly fill in those blank pages before the journal has to go off to the printer in a week's time. Nightmare. A note on copyright. When you write an original poem in Australia, or anything else for that matter, you automatically own the copyright to your work. This is not necessarily the case overseas, so if you're submitting your work internationally, please check the laws for each country that you submit to. Typically for Australian journals, they ask you to send in work that has not previously been published elsewhere, and they also ask for first publication rights. This means they want to be the first to publish your piece, and after they have published it, you are free to publish it elsewhere. When you publish your poem on your blog or in a book, it's good form to include a note with the poem to say previously published in the Pocketry Almanac, or wherever it first appeared. If a journal or publisher is asking you to sign away the copyright to your poetry, run as fast as you can in the opposite direction. Very fast. A reputable publisher will never ask for your copyright. Also, while poetry competitions often have an entry fee, journals don't charge you to send your work in or be published in their pages as you are providing them with the content they can use to sell their journal. I want to briefly cover originality, plagiarism and citing your sources. Do not copy someone else's work and try to pass it off as your own. If you are quoting a line from somewhere else, for example a song or a book or another poet, put it in quotation marks and then note below the poem the original source or author of the line. Even if the author has been dead for a long time and their work is in the public domain, you still need to credit them. It doesn't matter how long they've been dead. What matters is that you didn't write the line and you shouldn't claim ownership of it by not citing the original author. Poets often borrow from one another and copy the style of a particular poet or poem. When you do this, it is common to put in italics under the title, after Shakespeare, or whoever it is. Journals typically get hundreds of poems in response to an open call, so you want to make sure your work looks good and catches the eye of an editor. Take the time to read the submission guidelines carefully and format your submission accordingly. 
it will go a long way to creating a good impression of your poetry. You wouldn't go to a job interview in your PJ, so don't send in sloppy looking work. The submission guidelines may tell you which font to use, but if they don't specify one, use 12 point times New Roman or Arial. Even if you're not using your favourite font, you can still make your poem look pretty on the page with creative spacing and the use of white space. Steer clear of fancy calligraphy style fonts, tempting as they may be. Plain is best because it is easy to read. Let your words be your fancy, not your font. Make sure you number the pages of your file, but do not put your name on the document, either in the title, footer, header, body or file name, as most journal submissions are blind. This means that the poems are sent in and they are read without knowing who the author is so the journals can be as unbiased as possible in their selection. Make sure you proofread your submission and check it for spelling errors and typos before you send it in. If spelling is not your strong point, ask someone who is to proofread your document for you. The submission guidelines may specify a line limit such as 70 lines per poem. They may also tell you how many poems you can send in. Make sure your poems do not go longer than the specified line limit and that you don't send in any additional poems, even if they're really, really, really good and you want the editor to read them all. If you do go over the line limit or send in too many poems, it shows that you haven't bothered to do your homework and read the submission guidelines for that particular journal. It means the editor won't bother with you because they know you're not prepared to be professional and put in the time and effort needed to be a successful author. In short, by ignoring what they have asked for, you're putting a huge I'm a pain in the butt to work with sign on your head. So don't do that. Put in some effort. Read the submission guidelines. Count the number of lines your poem has. Limit the number of poems you send in. Be respectful of the editor's time and let them spend it on reading and enjoying your poems. You may be asked to provide a cover letter. Do your research. Find out who the editor for that issue is and address them by name. Say something nice about the journal and why you like to be published in it. Editors are people too. They like to hear good things about their publication. In your cover letter, include the name and issue number of the journal you are submitting to, the names of the poems you are sending in, your contact details, and any other information they have asked for. It's a good idea to spend some time drafting a generic cover letter that you can customise each time you are asked for one. If you're sending your submission by email, make sure you use a cover letter rather than just dumping your file into the email. Being polite, professional and courteous goes a long way to making a good impression, and you want to make a good impression. You want that editor to be excited about publishing you. Also put in a phone number so they can contact you. Emails often end up in spam, and I've had authors I wanted to publish. wasn't able to contact them to let them know that they had been successful. You'll often be asked to send in a third-person bio of between 50 to 100 words. These typically accompany a poem when it is published and tell the reader a little more about the author. A bio is like a super mini CV where you list all your impressive publications and achievements. Of course, when you're starting out, you don't have a list of journals that have published you. So in that case, focus on the style of your writing or your themes or your subjects. You can also give information about your background or where you're living. You can get as creative or as quirky as you like. If you have been asked to provide one, make sure you do. As an editor, the biggest piece of advice I can give you is to follow the submission guidelines to a T. If they want you to send in a PDF and a Word document, do it. If they want you to use 12 point times New Roman at one and a half line spacing and you hate times New Roman, do it. Whatever they want you to do, do it. If, for whatever reason, you don't want to do what they ask, then don't send them your stuff and find somewhere else for your work. Simple. Editors receive many, many submissions from would-be poets and they create the submission guidelines to make that process as fast and painless as possible. If you don't want to send in what they've asked for, they won't chase you up because they simply do not have the time. What will happen instead is that your submission won't be read. So if you want your work to be read, you must, must, must give the editor what they want. The biggest mistake I see emerging poets make is to send in a submission that is incomplete. 
They have not included a cover letter or a bio. They didn't send in the audio file for their poem or a black and white headshot. If you want your poetry to be read and considered for the issue, you have to give it the best chance by giving the editor exactly what they have asked for. It's about being professional and courteous. The editor is willing to take the time to read your work, so you have to be willing to take the time to follow their submission guidelines. If all the things a journal is asking you to send in feel overwhelming and like too much hard work, don't submit, because ignoring all that other stuff they want and just sending in your poems is going to be exactly the same as if you didn't submit anything at all. Either way, your poems are not going to be read. It's as simple and as brutal as that. Now, this may sound obvious, but the deadline for a journal is the 30th of September at 5pm. Send in your submission by 5pm on the 30th of September. There are no exceptions to this rule. Send in your work by the deadline and be considered for the journal, or send it in late and end up in the trash. The sad truth of being a writer is that you will get rejected, often. That's where having the height of a rhino comes in handy. As Emily Collier said in episode 3 of Pocketry Presents, for every 10 poems you send out, probably only one will get published. And at the start, you'll probably send out even more poems before getting one published. The way I deal with rejection is to expect it. I have a document titled Rejected Poems and in it I list every poem I've sent out, the publication it went to, the date it was submitted and the date it was rejected. Every time I get a rejection email or notification I think, oh goody, another rejection to add to the list. Because I'm expecting the rejection, I don't get crushed when it happens. Hashtag let's get rejected. I can't remember exactly where I found this idea and if it was yours, please shoot me an email and let me know so I can credit you. But it has served me well. On those odd occasions I get accepted, it comes as a pleasant surprise. This strategy relies on you having the confidence in your work to send it off for publication in the first place, but at the same time the humility to realise that it's probably not going to get accepted. This tricky balancing act of confidence and humility is much easier to do if you have lots of poems you're sending off to different publications. You get to spread your hope around a whole bunch of poems rather than focusing all your dreams on one tiny bird with a broken wing who hasn't yet learnt to fly. Best-selling American author Elizabeth Gilbert deals with each rejection that comes her way by sending it straight back out again to another publisher. Sometimes she edits it before sending it out again, and other times she doesn't. Just because a particular journal didn't like your piece doesn't mean that it wasn't good enough, or that another one won't want to publish it. You may simply not have fit that particular issue or publication. The only way to find out is to try again. A little note on feedback. The frustrating thing about being an aspiring author is that you won't get feedback on your work from an editor unless they are willing to publish you. So you won't know if your poems are being rejected because they are not good enough, or you don't fit the theme, or aren't right for the issue. This is because journals receive so many submissions and simply do not have the time to respond to each one. If you do want feedback on your work, the best way to get it is to join or create a writing group, do poetry workshops and online classes, and perform at open mics. You could also become buddies with a fellow poet and share your work with each other, or approach an established poet and ask them to be your mentor. If you aren't asking someone to be a mentor, be respectful of their time and expect to pay them. After all, you're asking them to share their hard-earned wisdom and help you. In return, you should be willing to help them. There are also online poetry challenges such as the Dirty 30 on Facebook in April each year and in August Red Rooms 30 and 30, where you write every day and share your work. Your job is to get your poems as good as you can before you send them in, create the most professional submission you can, provide everything the editor has asked for, and then sit back and hope for the best. We've covered a lot of ground in this episode and I hope you're feeling ready to start submitting your work to journals. Everyone has a unique voice and a story to tell and we'd love to hear yours. If you'd like a print version of the Pocketry Guide to Getting Published, we're launching a mini book, Publish Your Poetry, on the 1st of October 2021. Head on over to www.pocketry.com.au for more information. 
And in the meantime, good luck with submitting your work to journals.